listener production. Hello, everyone. It is Antoinette Latouf here with an extra episode of The Briefing. If you leave anything open on the internet, people are going to sniff it out really quickly. And that's all that happened with Optus. It was sniffed out. Someone's going, oh, wow, this is an API. What's behind this API? Oh, wow, this is Optus. Let's just rip as much information out of this as we can. And it was very quickly sold up on the dark web and threatened and, and lots of bad things happened. So a year ago, Australia's third largest telecommunications company announced it had been hacked with the data of nearly 10 million customers breached, mine included, probably many of yours too. It was pretty serious, as you heard from cyber expert Bastian Treptel just there. The hacker even asked for a $1.5 million ransom to stop the personal details of millions of Aussies from being sold on the black market. So what have we done since then to safeguard our details? How did Optus end up handling the heat? And which other big companies have since been hacked? And crucially, do we still care when our data gets stolen? I've got listener journalist Michaela Savage here with me. Thanks so much for coming on. So take us back through what happened. Yeah, absolutely. So if we cast our minds back to September 20 last year, that's when the technical team at Optus actually noticed that suspicious activity in their network. The next day, it was identified that the company's systems had in fact been breached. September 22, Optus announced it to the public that they'd been hacked. The next day, the company denied the claims that were made by an insider that a mistake had actually been made at leaving Optus's systems exposed. And they instead claimed that they were victims of the complex data breach and that the company had a strong cybersecurity system. Then on September 24, that was when Optus and the AFP received the reports that the data was actually being sold online. And it's at that point that the ransom demands came through. Yeah, exactly. A user on Breach Forums posted a ransom note that was demanding that $1.5 million in cryptocurrency, threatening to release the data of 10,000 customers every day that Optus didn't pay the ransom, which the telco didn't do. And then in that bizarre twist of events, if you remember, the user then Mm. deleted that original post and apologised for their actions, saying there were too many eyes on the incident. Yeah, what I love most about this story is that it seems as though we had some sort of like remorseful criminal. Yeah. But it is still crazy to think that so many customers were affected. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely not an expert in the technical side, but Bastian Treptel has broken down the how for me. I wouldn't even call it a hack, right? So they created a the system to be able to connect someone on the on the outside to their systems to read things like, you know, the personal information, birth dates, addresses, phones, email contacts, passport, driver's licenses, and to share that information. They accidentally made that public. The fact that they accidentally made that public led many to rightfully ask, why should these huge companies have all of our data? if they cannot protect it. And customers obviously felt really betrayed and really frustrated that their details had been exposed. I've talked to Rafi Allen from Choice about how consumers were feeling in that immediate aftermath because another really big concern for people was the the effort and also the cost of replacing all their important documents. Driver's licenses and passports. And obviously Optus said that they would uh, uh, pay for many of these replacements, but there was still a bit of confusion around how to do that and uh, whether it would actually happen. And, and we know some consumers still weren't able to get that replacement reimbursed. Uh, since then, it might have changed. But at the time, there was definitely a lot of concern around that. And we know specifically that it was particularly worrying for consumers who had experience, uh, were victims or survivors of domestic family violence. Having their data leaked was, was an actual threat to their safety. And we're learning more about that threat to individual safety who are victims of domestic violence, so much so 
that it's been taken on by Slater and Gordon. Yeah, exactly. That's the law firm who is in charge of this class action that was filed in the Federal Court of Australia in April this year. The head of class actions, Ben Hardwick, was telling us there are a lot of people who were really distressed and and not just people dealing with domestic violence, but a whole range of other situations as well. Really, really concerned when their private information is out there. People who work in frontline occupations like police officers or prison wardens, for example, they're particularly sensitive about their private information. And for many people, it causes distress and frustration of quite a high level. So I'm keen to know how many people are involved in the class action. Is it everyone who was affected? Are other people able to now join? Yeah, well, it, it, all former and current Optus customers whose information was compromised in that hack, they're all eligible to participate. But Ben thinks that a resolution probably won't happen for a while. We expect it to be a hard-fought class action. It will probably take some years to reach a resolution. Uh, Slater and Gordon uh, has a team of lawyers working very hard to prove the damages claim against Optus, and it, it's sure to be a long and, and tough fight. And it's a real wake-up call for companies that hold lots of data that they have an obligation to destroy that data. They're not entitled to hold on to that data forever. No doubt lots of other companies will be waiting on to see how this plays out for Optus because it could set a precedent for the sector. But Mm. it also raises some questions about the need for governance in terms of how long companies can hold data. Like surely we need reforms from the government in this area, what have we seen so far? Yeah, well, not specifically in terms of how long companies can hold data for, but but in October last year to help with this whole situation, the federal government created these temporary amendments to the Telecommunications Regulations 2021. The amendments basically enable telcos to temporarily share select information, which can include like your driver's license, your Medicare, and your passport numbers of affected customers with regulated financial services entities to allow them to monitor the situation and, you know, see when affected customers sort of pop up. And that'll remain in place until October 12 this year. There was a review of the Privacy Act earlier this year. Where did we get up to with that? Basically, the the Attorney General's office did that uh, review back in February and they came up with a whole lot of recommendations. The guys at Choice are really on board with a lot of these and they're hoping that they get implemented really soon. Here's Rafi again to take us through some of the big ones. A fair and reasonable use test. So putting the uh, onus back on businesses to actually prove that they need to use this data that, and they're using it fairly and responsibly. We're hoping that that means that companies will only uh, use data when it's needed from customers they don't use for secondary purposes. Another big reform that we, we really want is expanding the definition of personal information. Right now, personal information is defined as information about you. So your name, your email, your address, like all that makes sense, but uh, it doesn't include a lot of data that can still identify you from as a tech company. So your IP address, inferred information about you know your location and, and things like that. And they're advocating for a stronger regulator as well because they're concerned that the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner doesn't actually have enough power to enforce these laws. And you know what's the point of making all these changes if there's actually no one to enforce them? It is twelve months on since Optus's hack. Have they come out to say anything or mark it? Because I doubt people are sending them chocolates and flowers (laughs) to mark the anniversary. Yes, I don't think so. Well, in a statement to us, they say that they've been proactively sharing the learnings from the cyber attack with the government and Australian businesses to help grow community awareness and strengthen protections against cybercrime. They also let us know that a recent study by Brand Finance shows significant recovery in their brand strength 
which they say gives us confidence that we what we have done has resonated with our customers. Oh, glad you have confidence, Optus. <laughs> um, but I do think one of the things that may have led to that confidence is that there have been so many hacks since. Absolutely. Right? Just recently, there's been Dimmicks, Pizza Hut. I've got notifications from both. Have we stopped caring? Because when I got those notifications, I was like, oh my God, everybody's going to know my like greasy pizza order <laughs> and my oh, date of birth. But I, know. I don't know that I care that much. And I, I'm, I don't know if I'm just being flippant and it's just me. The, it's probably not as shocking to people anymore when you hear about a data breach or another hack because we've been through it now, you know, like when the Optus and the Medibank hacks happened at around the same time, it was sort of the first time that something this big had happened, all this talk of the dark web and, you know, your personal information on the dark web and how having to replace these documents, millions of people affected. It was all very unknown. Mm. But yeah, I think you're right. I think now when we hear about the, the dimmicks and the breaches and, oh no, they know I like pineapple and pizza, like we're, we're not as affected. Yeah. But I know I personally do still care. Maybe I'm in the minority, but I, I worry about people sort of using my information to try to scam me because I guess I don't understand exactly how that all works. Yes. So I worry that someone else smarter than me can, you know, use my information for that purpose. I just reckon I'm not that special. And if they've got 10 million people's details, the chances are they're not going to choose me to scam. Yeah. That's, that's how I sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I need to take that advice. I need to be a little less anxious about it. Okay. But I, I do suspect not everybody is as flippant or laissez-faire about their privacy as I right. am. Yeah. What can we do to better protect ourselves from what seems to be something that's going to happen more and more in the future? Well, Bastian, our cyber expert from earlier, is launching a new app soon with 10 tips of how to better protect yourself online. You can just jump on his Instagram, bastian.treptal for updates, but also just some other quick tips. You can try and be a bit more stingy about giving out your details. You know, don't unless it's absolutely necessary. Mm. Um, you can use multi-factor authentication where you can. That can help protect your privacy. Complex passwords. Don't use the same password for everything. I know that's a trap that yeah. <laughs> I have fallen into before and a lot of other people do because it's so hard to remember all the different passwords that you have. You can get a password manager for that too, if that's something that you struggle with. And just always be on the lookout for those dodgy emails and texts from people who may have your details or may not. They may be pretending to be, but they might be trying to scam you. All very good tips. So obviously we do have some power and agency in terms of controlling our privacy, but big business and government absolutely need to step up and do better. It yeah. is hard work, but it's necessary in a space that is so fast changing. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And that is all we have time for. Tom and the team will be back in your feed from six tomorrow. <laughs>